Good evening, fellow Gooners, to the Totally Arsenal podcast. I'm one of your two hosts, Mornay, a South African Gooner of 30 years, currently living in Germany. And my co-host can introduce himself. Hi, guys. I'm Aiden. I've been an Arsenal supporter for 25 years. I'm from South Africa. And the big reason of me being an Arsenal fan is due to the uh, this other guy on the other side of this podcast. So, Aiden, how... What are your targets for the season as a Guna? Well, my targets for the new coach coming in is top four and uh, the Europa League, hopefully. And what are your targets and aspirations? Um, I think it's vital for us to get into the top four, like from a financial perspective, because especially all these players are coming in with these hefty, hefty salaries. We're going to need you know, money coming in. And as for domestic cups, that is probably key for me, whether it's League Cup or FA Cup. And as for the Europa League, not too keen on that, to be honest, because I think we should, um, you know, just focus on domestic cups and let, let almost like the youngsters get us somehow through the, you know, the rough waters of the group stages. Well, my only concern is like with a new coach coming in, it, it could be that you never know how the other teams perform, but maybe the Europa League could be our like the back door into the Champions League if push comes to shove. Yeah, that's true because I mean, flip side of it, Emery does have experience in this tournament, so he knows probably how to you know play it out with those players that we have. And don't forget, if you go back to his severe days, there there was a time he won the Europa League and got into the Champions League as well. Before they made the rule of Champions League winners going to Europa League, because they made the Champions League and they got knocked out against Liverpool. I mean, they they ended third and they ended up beating Liverpool again in the Europa League final. Mm. And your thoughts on Emery? Well, his impact on the team so far? What's your thoughts well, on it? Well, from the videos I've seen and from the articles I've read, I can see there's a almost like a reborn Arsenal side. As you see that there's a whole different atmosphere in the camp. People are smiling. People are laughing. People are joking around. There's some like good atmosphere, good vibe. People like going on and cheering each other. So in that perspective, I really see the morale of the club has gone up. I mean, us as fans now, when we look at Arsenal now, we don't read, or when we read articles about Arsenal now, you're not reading about a club that's fallen behind, a club that's gone stale. So it's positive vibes and the, his playing style has got the players pressing, closing down and just not giving the opponents time on the ball, which was our Achilles heel in the past. I mean, I've been watching now our pre-season preparations as well as almost all the the matches. And I mean, what what has really impressed me, as hard as he's pushing these players in, in pre-season, him and his, his technical staff and coach, various coaches that he's now brought in. But but as you said, they, they, they said that they're smiling. They, there's a real buzz to things. They're enjoying now the challenge of a new coach. 
you've got like normally we'd have Ozil if you look at him you'd be you know moping and whatever but now you see the guy with a broad smile on his face and that that stress of the World Cup is also now an afterthought as he's now pushing forward now no I I agree 100% with you and for you who is your standout player this preseason um from this preseason I've actually had two players that really impressed me one is uh, Matteo Guendouzi, that youngster that we got from Lorient. Really impressed with his tackling, really impressed with his, uh, you know, breaking up of play. Even his passing, he's, he's got like a vast array of passing, like long range, that intricate little passes. He can play that give-and-go passes. I mean, for me, uh, maybe it's, it's, it's that... that you know, the buzz of youth with him, but he's like all over the place. And, and I actually like that about him because he, he, one minute you'll see him adding a body to the attacking t- side of our game. The next minute you see him in the back fi- in the back four or shield, playing even in like a sweeper, you'll sometimes drop even as deep as that. So, I mean, he's, he's an all-round player. And the other player that impressed me a lot is Lacazette. looks way sharper than, say, the middle of last season. He's now, look, he's now in a straight-up duel with um, Young for that main striker role. But, I mean, it's, it's such a breath of fresh air to have two high-caliber forwards. And, I mean, Lacazette looks already on point with the some of his finishes this preseason. Uh, like you said, it's a breath of fresh air that we have two quality strikers now. In the past three now, barren run of uh, no trophies. Um, we never had that that striker that you could rely on. When Robin Van Persie got injured, we looked who was going to carry the burden. Now we have two players who are kind of in competition with each other, but also seem like the best of friends and will motivate each other. I mean, we saw last season the camaraderie between him and like I said, with regards to the penalty when Abamian could have had a hat-trick and gave it to, like I said, to take. I just wonder if there's any, isn't there a way that you could play the two of them together? What are your thoughts or how do you think we could go about it? Um, look, there have been matches this preseason where Emery has tried that because uh, actually over the last of that something like five games or so, Emery has gone at times. He's played three five two four three three at times. Tried with two up front. So I mean, it, it looks like he will keep on tinkering with the with the team tactics until he, you know, until he almost like we know we ever found a home with what his favorite uh, tactic or set play will be. And and what would you, would you think would be with the current squad? What would you be your ideal formation to play? Four three three because I mean then you can at least have Aubameyang as the outside left, and I mean he can switch or interchange with Lacazette or he can interchange with Mkhitaryan. Because for me, uh, there's also points in games where you can see teams sometimes don't know. I think it also happened in the last season where teams don't know who to exactly pick up of the two or three of them because they keep on mixing. Sometimes you'll see uh, Mkhitaryan dropping into like a, a number ten role, and then you'll have Mesut again pushing out wide and. But you, they're, they're constant guessing, keeping the, the, the opposition guessing that I'm really enjoying. I think it's what, what we kind of need as well 
as Arsenal, the old way we used to play was team could teams could set up for our predictability of knowing in a pass, 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 stay on this player, that player, and then nullify our attack. So it's going to be good to see how we actually now tackle these other teams that used to be set up for our predictability to to see if we can now get those guys behind the tough defences that we're going to come up against. Yeah, because, I mean, there, there are moments in games where you can't always be or play the tippy-tappy football. You're going to have to go route one or you try to, you know, come from out wide and just keep on whipping in the crosses at, and, and have a place in the middle, attacking the ball. Because for me, in the past, whenever crosses would come in, if Giroud was not playing there when he was at the club, you wouldn't have anybody else making little run, you know, late runs to the box or adding bodies into the box just to be on the end of something. Now, the anticipation levels are are quite good, I must say, because now that you have people darting in at the near post when cross come in, some pulling out, um, out wide, and then some people like, say, Ramsey or one of the other central midfielders, they'll make that late run to add a third or fourth body in the in the box. No, I definitely agree with it. Definitely an exciting prospect to look forward to. With regards to our back line at the moment, back line, I'm including our keeper into this, I think there's still a bit of uncertainty with who's going to be our defence and who's going to be our keeper. Do you think, what is your opinion or do you have any preference of who, how you'd want the back line to be? Um, At the moment, if I look at the two goalkeepers that we have, Check over the games in the, the preseason. He actually has stood out way more than, than Leno. Leno has, you know, pulled like kind of basic saves. Whereas Check has these certain games where we, you know, were just hanging on like that Chelsea game in Dublin. That was a game where we were in the first half. We were pretty, pretty, pretty terrible. And I mean, he kept us in that game. Like besides the penalty save that he made uh, from uh, from Morata. And then also pulling off, I think, a few saves from, from that Hudson, Odoi, and, and also I think Marato also had a few shots at him. And he kept us in the game. So that I think he will probably take be the, the lead man in the, between the sticks. As for the defense, uh, with Kolasinac's bad injury with his knee, I think he's out for 10 weeks, something like that. So pressure's now down on Nacho if he can't come in else. I still haven't heard us getting in another left back. Just that little rumor of Ricardo Rodriguez being a possible replacement. But as I see it, looks like Man City it could even be a makeshift left back in, in Ainsley Maitland Niles. Um, right back, Hector, I think he will probably be in immediately. And then as for central defense, Socrates and Mustafi. But I don't know, I'm a bit. I don't know. Sometimes it looks like Socrates is a bit leggy as like as he gets used to playing in our in our team. So you, somebody like Mustafi is going to really have to keep a watch on him, and whoever plays also in that holding midfield role will also have to see because he's not the most agile player. Socrates, he's like he can read the game. He can, you know, almost like jockey you out of the out of play or, or jockey you off the ball. But other than that, I don't know if you come up against, say, a Ryan Sterling or 
Leroy Zane, runs at him or Aguero, and we could have a little bit of problem. So, yes, we should be a bit careful or worrying about that defense. We will probably see on Sunday whether we're going to have a problem or not because he's not going to have much time to, you know, find his feet in the Premier League with the games coming up. I mean, Aguero, Sterling and Zane is, is not who you want to be playing your first Premier League game against. And I mean, I don't think somebody like Socrates ever come up against the sort of, you know, physical attributes of Aguero. I mean, you saw, you remember last season at the, was the League Cup final, we gave Mustafi that little nudge and he was on his bike heading to go. So yeah. that was where somebody like Socrates should nothing. Look, this is not the Bundesliga where you're going to, you know, get a foul for any physicality or little bump in it. I think... What could work in our favour is that with Socrates, the adrenaline might be pumping for your first game in the... Could go... It could go very well. And he takes Sterling out almost like Koscielny's uh, debut in the Premier League. Yes, he picked up uh, a red at the, at the end of the game, but he was marshalling the... He was quite good. He was keeping Torres out of the game and I think maybe that same impact could be had for his first game against Manchester City. Mm. So, I mean, I just hope we, we come out, you know, you know, fighting for that game because you don't know how many of, of, of Man City's players are back from the World Cup. They might have got a, a week or so of, of um, training under the belt, but his people are going to risk, you know, just throwing somebody like De Bruyne or, you know, any of the other guys just giving them immediately uh, uh, such a high-profile game. It's going to be interesting to to see who Emirates is going to put out against this Manchester City team. It's, uh, is he going to go more conservative or is he going to go out there with the Emirates backing him and see if he's going to go out for a win against Manchester City? I mean, if, if you just think of the matches of Man City against Liverpool last season, when Man City tried to go toe-to-toe with Liverpool, they got destroyed. Over, I mean, look, Klopp had uh, Pep's number for almost all the games last season. I don't recall all the, the, the result, exactly results, but Klopp always had the advantage over Pep in these games with Liverpool last season over Man City. And I just think, I don't know, if, if Man City tried to do that, if Emery is maybe wise up to that, because look, he's now also coached against Pep in La Liga, and that's so you know it's going to be interesting to see that that aspect of the game. It's going to be exciting, and I think there's going to be no pressure on Arsenal. We're going to go out there. We have a, a new coach. It's going to be positivity around the stadium. It's, there's nothing to there's nothing to lose for Arsenal. I mean, Manchester City are coming out as champions, and the past few seasons, the champions haven't been doing too well when they started their first game. I mean, uh, like one 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 thing I do hope also is, you know, that the Emirates is rocking because I mean, you remember with the times we we blew the likes of Chelsea and Man United away within. 10, 15 minutes this last few, over the last few years. That is, that's the type of, of, of atmosphere I would like 
you know, to be buzzing around there because you have that crowd on 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 Man City, the, the, you know, the champions, and sometimes they don't always run so smoothly for the champions on a on an opening day fixture. But can the you know sometimes the wheels can come off. I'm not saying I'm not taking things for granted because Chelsea got you know out totally outplayed and outclassed last week in the in the Community Shield. So I mean there are things to be wary about, but I mean it's no use to be also just going our shells against Man City. We might as well give it a full pelt against them. And I think the atmosphere is key, like you mentioned. I think this is going to be the first time for a long time that the crowd is going to be behind the manager, behind the team, because I think there was a lot of negativity in regards to maybe people actually having an agenda to wanting Arsenal to do badly so that Wenger can go. So now it's going to be okay. So we all behind one manager, we all have one voice, and that collective voice can hopefully get behind that the team and. I know there's a divide in the changing room to an extent of people infighting. I think now it's just one unit and they need to take it from on the field to off the field with the crowd the, and everything and try to see how we go on Sunday. Mm. And what's your thoughts about that, Aaron Ramsey? Should we, you know, in the longest stalls, do we let him go? Because, look, it's now we're getting now the, the window closed on what the 9th. Or is it the tenth? I'm not sure exactly. But do we, you know, do you stick or twist? Do we start cash in, or do we just throw the money at him with certain, you know, guarantees? I, I think I would want to keep a guy like Aaron Ramsey. So I would try to give him the best possible offer we could give. I mean, we gave Mesut Ozil a, a massive bumper deal. I don't see why Aaron Ramsey shouldn't get one similar to him. Maybe not, maybe on the same, exactly on the same level as Uzel, but somewhere close. I mean, he has been, even though frustrating at times, been one of the consistent performers in in games or in the past few seasons. He doesn't always go hiding. He fights till the end, even though he's having a shocking game. He's still... Is there and there about trying to make things happen. So, my personal opinion would be try to throw the money at him. And I'm sure they had enough time already to do this. But if he's not going to sign, I think Salim and then bring in maybe an Zonzi and see if you can get the Dembele on loan. Yeah, I think that would also be a viable option. But as I said, I would like to keep Renzi and even if he has to be our captain as well. Because, I mean, he has been, you know, giving his all for the club where others have just faulted. Yeah, he has been a, a true leader at Arsenal. And, I mean, if you look at the, the goals he scored, he scored some massive goals. I mean, the two that stands out for me was obviously the FA Cup finals goals against Al City and Chelsea. They were kind of goals that that shaped our season. I mean, we the one with the Europa League finish when we ended out of the top four, that Epic Cup kind of gave us a glimmer of hope of not a, how can I say, a disastrous season. So a guy like Ramsey would be worthwhile to keep at the club. And as for the outgoings, there's talk of uh, Ospina going to Besiktas. 
Welbeck's got like I think likes of Everton and they're targeting him. Uh I don't know which other guys also on the out, but I would actually, you know, try cashing in. I mean I think Lucas Perez that deal to West Ham was almost done or done already. So I just think we should, you know, maybe bring in one or two more bodies and I think that, that should be sorted for the first half of the season. Because I'm, I'm sure Emery might, you know, have a look at the squad over this, you know, August, September to December. And then maybe think, okay, January, I'll dip in the market for some, like a player or, you know, what we lack at the moment. Because other thing also is, look, because he only comes back about, December, January from his injury. So that's also another body then that comes in the squad. So we'll have to see how that, that's going to work out. What, what do you think of Callum Chambers actually going out on loan? I know you were quite impressed with him this pre-season. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I was actually thinking it was it would be holding. that would be moved out for a, lo- a loan away. I, that was, for me, it was a shock when I heard him say Callum Chambers is leaving. So I'm, you know, kind of disappointed because he was playing well. Even as uh, he played a few matches, even as a right back, alternate right back. So, you know, it was showing the other side of his game as well. And and I mean, he's crossing, and it wasn't a, like bad. So I find it a pity that, that he's gone like on loan. But I mean, he, he has shown potential, and I'm sure. I hope he, you know has a solid season with Fulham, and you know he gets kept because I mean I think he he just signed also a contract. I'm not sure. I think he just got another contract from the club as well. Prior to the move away now on loan. Um actually with a guy that got the new contract is Alex Uwobi. Um I I I myself can't see how he's going to fit in this Arsenal team. I just, I, I think he will still be used, you know, as Wenger used him, but he looks a, a more you know, I th- sometimes uh, I still have questions over his his play in the, you know, the attacking third. And you can see he's like he's got too many thoughts going through his head. He doesn't know when to pass. He doesn't know when to shoot and uh, things like that. But other than that, his work rate looks good so far in the preseason. I mean, I just hope it's not gonna you know be passed on now in the league format or domestic cups and and, and Europa League. I just hope that he carries on and he doesn't slack off because I think sometimes some of these players also. Got also, uh, uh, you know, almost like a free ride from Wenger sometimes. He wouldn't now really, you know, push them to their true potential. He would now, because I, I think also, uh, it's a, also a big season for somebody like Mesut, who always used to, you know, have this, you know, the whole body language, it's, you know, head dropping and things like that. Whereas now he's got something to prove because he knows Emery is not going to take nonsense from him, like, you know, where he can get that time off, extra days off or, you know, call in, have this or that sick day, because these coaches look also very, you know, on the ball. They don't take nonsense. I mean, you, you hear even that, that assistant, I don't know if it's it, Garcia or something like that, where you, you always hear him shouting on the training pitch. And even preseason now, you've heard him also on the touchline. He's barking out orders all the time. Or Emery will sometimes, in the passing, when they jogging past him or somebody, then you'll either try to get the message across to the players on the other side of the field. Or if they're on his side, he, when there's a break in play, you'll see him actually pull so one of the players into the technical area and have a chat with him about what to do and, and, and what to maybe improve. And that. that excites me hearing that because Benga was, not that I'm trying to slate Benga, but 
he wasn't somebody that would be vocal at all. He would sit and just watch and watch. Maybe, as I say, in the changing room, we don't know, but he was never very vocal. And I mean, he wasn't somebody to change things in-game. It was more of a rigid way of we're going first half this way and second half we'll go out this way. It was never in-game change. I think you mentioned with the Chelsea game when we were struggling and then suddenly Emre realised we were struggling and he kind of changed the shape of the team. Mm, yeah. Because then, I mean, we became like, you know, more, the pressure became even higher. So it's all like Chelsea didn't even have chance to get to the halfway line at one point. They were just hoofing balls forward to get out of their box. But I mean, the ball just kept on coming back. So, I mean, that that's also a positive sign of, of the, the squad under Emery now. And your prediction for our first three games of the season? Yeah, I mean, I think also we can, you know, call it a little wrap on our opening podcast. I mean, since we're all new to this. Um, um, I don't know. I'll say 2-1 Arsenal. I, I, I don't know. For some reason, I, I think we could sneak it against them. And yours? I'm going to be a bit of a pessimist here. I'm going to go for a 2-2 draw. We will, we will, we will score the second goal to equalize and we'll get the <laughs> mood up. Okay, so I hope the uh, people or our new listeners would have enjoyed our podcast. I know we were a bit nervous at times talking, but I mean, we're feeling our way into this. So I hope everybody has a great evening. Good night. Bye. The podcast you just heard was published with Anchor. Got something you want to say to the creator of this show? Send them a voice message using the Anchor app, free for iOS and Android.